Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. Following the once a day conference, dairy specialist James Dunn reviews the key learnings and speculates the gains and losses resulting from tactical use of once a day. And I first asked James how farmers have implemented once a day milking in early lactation. Yeah, so look at Emma-Louise, it's, it's not something that's new. Um, we've seen a large number of farmers, I suppose, that have been milking once a day in either spring or, or autumn or possibly both for a number of years and, and doing so very successfully and achieving very good results. Um, but it probably is fair to say there's, there's a growing interest in the tactical use of milking once a day, uh, specifically, I suppose, for that, for that early period of lactation and maybe for the, for the month of February. And that's really to coincide with that busy period at the start of calving. Um, and w- when we actually look at the numbers of people that tuned in for the recent uh, once a day conference, uh, it, it's evident that there definitely is a, a growing interest in that in that tactical use of once a day, specifically for that early period of lactation. And I guess, you know, from the perspective of the early period, that is of huge interest to people over the coming weeks as they prepare for early lactation. You know, I mean, we, we might not necessarily focus so much on the autumn, but, you know, autumn once a day is often linked with, um, you know, a reduced milk yield and sometimes fatigue, you know, as you get towards the 300 days of milking on dairy farms. If we think about the benefits, you know, from once a day farmers, that you have spoken to or farmers who have tactically used once a day in the spring and or autumn, what are the benefits that they would cite to you? The main benefit really is is, is centred around labour and possibly if some farms are, are finding it difficult to source labour, um, let it be on a part-time or full-time basis for that, for that busy spring period, it's really to overcome issues with workload around that calving period. And I suppose research in the area shows that um, milking time is reduced by 30% for that period where um, once a day milking takes place. I suppose, look at some of the other benefits. There there is um, other health benefits in terms of uh, improved energy balance, I suppose, due to lower body weight and body condition score loss as well. and depending, I suppose, on, on, on the length of walks at farm level, um, it can often have a positive impact on lameness levels within the herd as well. And uh, you mentioned the Once a Day conference, and we would have heard from Dr. Emer Kennedy, who reported on the Once a Day milking trial that is underway at Chagas Moor Park and, and you know, has been in, in existence for three years at this stage. Could you give us some insight into the main findings that Emer would have reported on the day? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you say, it's the milking frequency trial within Moor Park has been running for a three year period and now specifically looking at I suppose um twice a day milking and comparing that comparing full-time once a day um early lactation once a day late lactation once a day and also combining both late early and late lactation once a day but I suppose specifically I'm going to run through Emma Louise as you say is topical um the early lactation once a day results so really in within that um part of the trial Early lactation once a day took place uh, either for four weeks, six weeks, or eight weeks. And what have we seen um, in terms of the first four weeks of lactation? 
once once a day milk can reduce milk yield by 22%. So your twice a day cows were yielding 22.1 litres versus your once a day cows at 17.4 litres daily. There was no effect on milk fat, uh, milk protein or lactose um, levels. It's worth noting, and we'll probably come back to it a little bit later on, Emma Louise, there was an increase in somatic cell count in the initial four weeks, but there was no difference in the somatic cell count across the full lactation. So there is a tendency in terms of when, when cows are milked once a day to have increased levels of somatic cell count, but that didn't follow through for the full lactation and the return down to the same level of SEC as, as their twi twice a day comrades. The once a day milk solid yield uh, was 20% lower than that of their twice a day, uh, than the twice a day group um, at 1.96 kilos of milk solids versus our once a day group at 1.57 kilos of milk solids daily. Again, it's worth noting that there was an immediate increase in production when the cows returned to twice a day. But I suppose that's specific to that period of time, Emma Louise. And I said within that period of time, there's a 30% saving on milking time but really what does it mean across um when we look at it across 35 weeks of the lactation so when we when we take a broader look at it in terms of full lactation so after 35 weeks of lactation our twice a day cows had delivered 415 kilos of milk solids our once a day four week group so the cows that were milked for four weeks at the start of lactation for on once a day had delivered 405 kilos of milk solids. The cows that were milked once a day for six weeks, 398 kilos of milk solids. And the cows that were milked once a day for eight weeks, 387 kilos of milk solids. So we know that our twice a day group and our once a day group that were milked for that four week period, they've a similar 35 week milk solids yield. The once a day, six week and eight week groups had lower milk solids yield when you compare that to the, tw the twice a day group and the once a day group that was milked for the initial four weeks. Specifically to the tune of there was a 7% reduction in the 35 week milk solid yield um, for that group of cows that was milked for eight week period uh, once a day at the start of lactation. So really, really interesting figures that you're talking about there, James. And as you say, it's actually the full lactation farmers are interested in. And if, if we look at the first four weeks in isolation, you're talking about a 20% reduction in solids, which sounds, you know, really big. And, and it's, it's something that farmers would worry about. But when you look across the full lactation, you're talking about once a day milking in the month of February is going to lead to a reduction in milk solids of 10 kilograms. And then I guess you're looking at the balance of offsetting that against a 30% reduction in milking time, which, you know, farmers need to balance that. And at a time where there is a really substantial workload, you know, you, farmers may be more than happy to forgo those 10 kilograms of milk solids. It's, it's, it's probably worth noting there, Emma Louise, too, in terms of if, if that 30% of, of time saved can be put to, we'll say, improving other aspects of, um, I suppose, spring management, um, there may not be that 10 kilos of, 
that that 10 kilos of mill solids reduction, as you speak about there, uh, may actually be made up in other areas of, of, of herd management. The one point I would make, Emma Louise, as well, um, it's worth noting that the effect could be even less at farm level as um, not all the cows would be calved at the start of, of that once a day period. So some cows, for example, may only be on once a day for, for a number of days. Um, whereas I suppose the cows that calve a very all on in the calving period may spend that four week period. That, that, that's a great point, James. To pick up on something else that you mentioned, you know, cows on once a day have a tendency to have a elevated SCC relative to twice a day cows. You know, why, you know, what are the main reasons for that? Yeah, and as I said, look, there is a tendency for that for, for, for SEC to creep up and to be higher um, in, our, in that once a day period versus um, when we milk cows twice a day. And look, there's a, a, couple, of, a couple of reasons for that. Um, as we mentioned, look, the cows are only being milked once a day. Really, the other, it, it's only be clean, being cleaned out as such um, in, once in that 24 hour period. Compared to their twice a day cows, I suppose that that others been cleaned out twice um, over that period, and visually the cows are only inspected in the parlour once a week. So therefore, look at it; it's more difficult to pick up mastitis at an early age, um, and I suppose this is where best practice, good hygiene, um, and really good stock person skills come into play. And, you know, on that, James, say Don Carley would have also presented at the Once a Day conference and he would have had many tips, which are probably relevant for all cows. So whether it's once a day or twice a day. But, you know, what were his key principles for maintaining and reducing cell count? Yeah, absolutely, Emma Louise. And, and Don, had, I suppose, had, had, had a number of uh, key tips, key practices, and I'll try and highlight some of them here. But I suppose the first one that stuck out at me, um, like firstly, 60% of all early lactation mastitis cases originate in the dry period. So I suppose as we record this in early January, there's still a period of time, Emma Louise, maybe to correct that um, reduce that, that level of infection that's going to take place over the next number of weeks um, prior to calving. And I think a starting point there is look back at last spring's cell check report. Is there an issue? And I suppose what actions can be taken? Um, maybe some of those actions, I know Don number one there, he had in terms of body condition scoring. And I suppose once a day herds are more susceptible to over conditioning. Um, which could lead to a greater level of metabolic disorders, milk fevers, is going to have a knock-on effect on somatic cell count, uh, stress within the herd. And really in that situation, we need to be looking at our pre-calving minerals. Are we feeding the appropriate spec? Are we feeding the appropriate rate? And I suppose frequency comes in there as well in terms of um, dry cow minerals should be fed twice a day. Um, Placed an awful lot of emphasis on cubicle management really a clean dry bed um, let that be bedded down with sawdust and lime or whatever the, the the bedding of choice is there for the farmer but it needs to be clean and dry I suppose old mats could be a problem is there pooling happening in terms of where there's uh, actual feces being collected um, are cows lying in that so in terms of your dry cow um, and dry heifer cubicle management that's that's a key one there in terms of not picking up infection uh, during that dry period. One on the heifers, possibly um, are they sealed or not? Um, I know Don 
advocated um, on the once a day conference that possibly if there's an issue there, an external sealer could be used, maybe pre-cav and teeth spray, um, run the heifers through and actually teeth spray pr prior to that in the lead up to calve and to reduce that infection. And then when it, when it comes to the actual calving process, the calving boxes, hygiene and stocking density have, have a massive role to play in terms of um, recent infection, infection that's going to be picked up in that, in that close-up period. Just rule of thumb, Emma Louise, you're, we're looking for 10 metres squared per cow there in terms of, in terms of space. Um, ideally, cows would be fit to come out and feed um, let that be on a slatted area. I know that's not, uh, maybe that's not, that's not available to, to all farms, um, but we should be fit to accommodate up to 10% of the herd on straw. That may mean converting another particular shed for, the, for that busy three or four week period um, that cows aren't crowded in their calving area. And it's something that farmers possibly should look at now in the lead up to calving. Just finally, then maybe to look at the parlor and, and look at the parlor should be checked over, liners should be changed, um, ensure pulsations right, that um, the air bleeds are correct on the clusters, um, that, that there isn't issues, I suppose, in terms of the parlor has been serviced regularly and there isn't going to be issues in terms of the milking process with cows milking out properly. One point that was made, and, and Emer actually made it in terms of practice within the Moor Park trial as well, um, pre-dip and, and wipe and dry, I suppose, has the potential to kill up to 95% of bacteria Louise, on that teeth skin. But it must be done hygienically. If, if it's not, um, it could lead to more issues that, than actually prevent. So it must be wiped dry. One point, and I know Don has been has been an advocate of this for for not only once a day herds but twice a day herds, I suppose, in terms of CMT testing or California milk testing fresh cows before they go to the tank. And really, the idea behind this is that you identify problems early uh, and and reduce the spread. So, in terms of picking up, is is it one particular quarter that is uh, high in a cow? Is it all four quarters? If it's one particular quarter, it, it you've usually a problem in terms of infection. If she's slightly elevated in all four quarters, Emma Louise, it could be stress related and, and maybe we're checking in um, 24, 48 hours time again. Um, but it's just that the, if the cow doesn't pass CMT, um, they don't enter the fresh group, Emma Louise. So you're reducing that, reducing that spread. Two other points, I suppose, look out, we're advocating that early milk recording and, and Don's big on this and the fact that if you don't complete that early milk recording, um, it's very hard to assess in terms of how your dry period management has impacted, I suppose, on, on that early lactation SCC. Um, and one final point, especially for the ones that I heard, um, ensure cows are milked out fully. Um, you're only milking the cows once a day. Um, I suppose there's increased risk of staph aureus issues within once a day herds. So just make sure the cows are milked out fully and watch out for those, watch out for those slow milkers. There's a lot of information there, James. I'd say people will have to rewind back um, to, to listen to that piece again. But I think you've given us, you know, a logical step through 
the next two to three weeks prior to the real heavy onset of calving and then into early lactation the you know the really key tips that Don would have and um, we're fortunate that he has so much knowledge but that comes with a, a lot of, of heavy detail one particular um, aspect for once a day farms that you mentioned is they they tend to have a slightly higher body condition score I would have heard Don talk about this before and it's really interesting in terms of how that can impact on cows in early lactation in terms of cell count or mastitis you know um with something like milk fever it impacts on the muscle uh you know in a cow's body and muscle contractions and we must remember that cow's teats you know at the teat end there is a muscle there that opens for milking and then after milking it closes again and where cows are struggling with you know whether they've had milk fever or they're suffering with an underlying subclinical milk fever you know that teat end is potentially open and exposed to um picking up dirt and infection but you know really interesting point and 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 one of many that you've made just on that mlo sorry um Don mentioned it actually at, at, at the conference, I suppose, and you're spot on in terms of that open TN canal after milk and possibly something that farmers could look at is um, maybe in, uh, investing in the in the barriers that close down over your cubicles or just some method of keeping cows out of cubicles for that 30 minute period after after milking. Now, if cows are going to grass, it's not an issue, but I suppose in that spring period, cows are going to be in and out. Um, and on off grazing so it's just something to keep in mind as you rightly point out in terms of um, that teat canal being open after that milking period um, it may be something that farmers may look at investing in in terms of the barriers that close down that that can keep cows out of the cubicles for that period just directly after milking and James something now completely different to say straight once a day milking um, you know, I've heard in the autumn time some farmers implemented a 10 in 7 as a milking frequency. Can you give us an explanation for what this concept means? Yeah, um, and I suppose, look, at it's something fairly recent in terms of the interest in this frequency, I suppose, Louise, among Irish farmers. Um, but in this situation, look, at the, the, the cows are milked 10 times in seven days or 10 out of 14 milkings, whatever way you want to look at it. Just in terms of how that works, cows are milked twice a day on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday and once a day on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. So I suppose some herds may look at this approach as as part of the lactation, as you say, and maybe from that kind of July period onwards, whereas others may consider it for full lactation. And and I know um, speaking to... Michael O'Donovan, um, he's had a number of queries, I suppose, with regards to this frequency. In terms of its benefits over a, a, a three and two or three milkings in two days, which, which is also talked about, um, is the, the more sociable milking times. Um, really, if, if you're looking at a three and two, you're looking at 16 hours uh, milking interval and, and it works into for, for, let it be for the farmer operator or staff into really, I suppose, unsociable milking times. And with regard to 10 and seven versus the three and two, you have a consistent consistent weekly rota as well, which from a staff staffing point of view um, is, is easier to work with. Just on that, speaking to both Amor Kennedy and Michael O'Donovan, there's intention to look at um, alternative frequencies, Emma Louise, this year. 
So we shall hope to, I suppose, have some data to share by the end of 2022. And um, I know 10 and seven is one of those frequencies that, that is going to be looked at. Just in terms of the milk and times um, that, that's going to be looked at, um, it probably looked like a 7 a.m., 4 p.m. and 10 a.m. Um, milk and times, Emma-Louise. So 7 a.m., 4 p.m. on the twice a day and 10 a.m. on the once a day. It's really interesting to see how the results develop um, from from that. And as you say, hopefully by the this time next year, there will be some results from Moorpark on that. James, as part of the Once a Day conference, the, the final speaker was uh, Galway Once a Day dairy farmer, Eamon Connachton. Um, you would have spoke to him. Can you tell us um, about his experience of Once a Day? Yeah, absolutely, Emma-Louise. And, and Eamon gave a, a very thorough presentation, which I suppose can be watched back. And I think you're going to release a, a special edition of Eamon's interview as well. But maybe to give a brief synopsis of it, I suppose Eamon... Um, Eamon was tasked with um, losing 22 hectares of land, a milking platform land around his parlour in, in 2018. Um, at, at particularly short notice, I suppose, he had, he had five or six weeks notice in terms of what he was going to do. So as he said himself, it was either a decision to sell cows or look at the option of milking once a day um, and utilising the whole farm. I suppose the issues with utilising the whole farm on, on twice a day was there's actually three public roads to cross to get to some of the furthest part of the farm and, and, and it wasn't going to be applicable, we'll say, in a, in a, in a twice a day system. Just within that, and I suppose the, the title of the, the presentation was Is a High Margin Achievable? So what we would have seen from Eamon's presentation is um, a very high level of cow performance, Emma Louise, delivering 410 kilos of milk solids um, in a once a day system of in or around 600 kilos a meal. Um, Eamon was growing for just over 14 tonnes and utilising 11.9 tonnes. So good cow performance, high levels of grass utilised. And it was leading to um, a net profit per hectare whole farm of 1850 euros i suppose how did that differ and and maybe the listeners have an interest in terms of how that actually differed from when when eamon was twice a day and eamon's profit per cow was reduced by anywhere between 200 and 250 euros on a per cow basis but his profit per hectare remained relatively stable given the fact that he was he had 22 hectares la uh, less land so he went from 76 hectares to 54 hectares and maintained his cow numbers so Eamon's milking 140 cows on 54 hectares Emma Louise and stocked at 2.6 livestock units uh, per hectare so doing a very very good job and running a, a, a very profitable system I suppose just to conclude, as Eamon was asked, would he ever consider um, returning to twice a day? And he agreed that he probably could make additional um, additional profits by doing so. But from a lifestyle point of view, um, it's not something I don't think he, he's going to consider anytime soon, Emily. 
as you say, you know, a, a really high level of profit and, you know, lifestyle benefits, as well as the fragmentation issue that he has, that many once a day farmers, um, you know, have adapted their system to work with. Uh, as you say, Eamon's interview will be available as a bonus episode on the Dairy Edge this Friday, so people can listen back to his uh, full interview there. A uh, huge amount of information here, James. As I say, some people may need to listen back for a second time, but it, it's really interesting as people um, enter the the lactation of 2022 to consider the options, particularly now in early lactation, um, you know, once a day milking has the opportunity in the month of February to reduce um, labour input by 30%. Thank you, James. Thanks a million, Emma Louise. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to James Dunn for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.